Yes, folks, it's Thursday afternoon, 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... Welcome back to another episode of Pillars of Franchising. Live Thursdays, 5 p.m. Eastern. And we're back, ma'am. Well, howdy, friends. How y'all doing today? Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> I know. It's happening, though. It's sinking into my skull being down here. Yeah, well, don't, you see the background uh, for today. I know. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant these nice curtains in the background of my background. No, the background of that everyone else is seeing on the show, the nice mountains. Yeah. Yeah, I'll those are not the uh, th- those are not the Smoky Mountains that I'm in. No, those were the Rocky Mountains that gave me my first case of angina last week. But you know, it was all good. <laughs> I think we're not meant for the mountains, you and I. I the I'm, Smoky giving me a headache, and those gave you angina. I think we're meant to be at the beach. <laughs> I I well, I'll probably head yeah, there after yes. today's show. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So what's happened? I, rumor has it, word on the street is, is that um, there's a new potential mentee. I have to tell you, all of a sudden, we have so much going on, and I'm super excited. We've got two different individuals happening. We've got some consulting going on. It's like all kinds of things in the air right now. So I'm super excited. So the consulting word on the street or rumor, I should say, has it is that's actually a startup franchisor. It is. It is. Mm. And it's right up my alley. So I'm super excited to be chatting with her and helping her get that going and super excited to working with uh, the, our, our first mentor, not our first, but the first of the two mentees you mentioned a few weeks ago. Now we've got a second mentee ready to get started. So the, the uh, four of us will be chatting up that gentleman here soon. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. The show's going to be super busy, and uh, I think it'll be a great time for everybody. Certainly a lot of different um, people, backgrounds, industries. Um, so for people out there listening, there's going to be a little bit of everything for everyone coming up very soon. So, Boy, when you folks actually, you know, start to attempt to get mentees and stuff, I'm afraid to see what it's going to be like because so far it's just been kind of like dumb, 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 dumb and and we've been they've been popping in. So you guys actually start yeah. putting effort into it. it's gonna it's gonna be really wild. So one yeah. thing I, I, I saw as I, on my travels and I was reading and things like that, um, I saw that McDonald's is starting to test. Um, voice automated drive-throughs to, and I flip back to uh, one of the earlier shows uh, this year with everyone talking about the fact that automation was coming and more and more mm-hmm. as minimum wage went up. 
Yeah, well, you remember me telling you about my nightmare of trying to order unsweetened iced tea through that uh, friendly robot AI contraption, right? Mm-hmm. And she just couldn't quite figure out what that meant. And so I'm also somebody who, if I go to Walmart or any of the big box stores, Home Depot, whatever, if there is a cashier standing there, I have to go use the, the actual person because I believe in supporting the people and not the, um, the devices. I think that if we go too far into the AI and the devices, well, I appreciate everyone trying to save money. I also don't want to see us go the opposite way and take all these jobs away from people. I think there needs to be a real balance. And when I walk into a Walmart and there's two check stands open, there's 52, you know, self-service checkouts there, and those all have a line. And then, you know, the, the two people standing there, you know, have nothing to do. And I know what happens in retail. They get cut. They get sent home early. What does that do for us, right? That doesn't do much for our people who need jobs right now. I mean, let's not say right now because this is just really not the right time to talk about that. Jerry knows they get all excited and crazy about the whole job industry right now. But Yeah, don't worry. We'll, we can bring him on soon so he can drive you crazy. We're good. <laughs> Such an interesting time. It's a so, bad yeah, crap crazy time. What are you talking it about? Is. But yet, it here's is. the it thing. Is. I drove from California through Vegas, through Utah, to Colorado, down to New Mexico, down to um, through Arizona, and well, back into California again. And no one really annoyed the living crap out of me. Really? Amazing. Wow, you, well, should on, you should come on this trip with me. Okay, so the one train trip that that we had to take that um, actually stuck me into my second angino attack, honked the living day that I saw that, but that was more of the sulfuric smoke that was in my face um, that made breathing even harder. But for the most part, no one really annoyed the living crap out of me, which I usually can't go through a day in California without that happening. So there's hope. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you being down here in the South, I think, yeah, I, I'm going to chalk this up to the stress that all small business is going through right now, kind of all of society is going through right now. Um, I was saying before the show that I was disappointed in not feeling any of the Southern hospitality. And, and I'll tell you, in a couple of the franchise businesses that I went into this weekend, you can certainly feel and see the stress of not being able to get employees on these four businesses. You know, I mean, having lines waiting, I was saying in one quick serve restaurant, we waited for 30 minutes in line just to order and then to be told that, I'm sorry, ma'am, I know you've been waiting out there for a very long time, but you're going to have to wait another 10 minutes if you're going to order food because we just don't have a cook right now. And and then we went into another place and, you know, oh, we're out of unsweet tea. Now, of course, I stuck out like a sore thumb because I'm a northerner. I wasn't very sweet tea. And, yep. you know, no one to make more tea because, well, they're, it's an hour to close. And it's an, and at the same time, their line is out the door and they only have six people working and one person, you know, working in the dining room. And you can tell that everybody is super stressed. And I think that attributes to the lack of hospitality. You know, when you're working your buns off and there's not enough people staff and, 
everywhere you go, there are restaurants closing early, 6, 7 o'clock during the week. Um, and, you know, we're down here in Pigeon Forge for 11 and 12U baseball tournament time. And so the town is just inundated with teams, 25 teams, right, about 12 players per team and their families. And so you put all that pressure on a small town and lack of employees in these small businesses, and they're just bursting at the seams. So a lot of what we've been talking about the last few weeks in terms of lack of labor and the stress that puts on small business, it is very apparent in this town this week, for sure. So on that note, do we bring everybody else in finally? We do, because we got great topics this week. Isn't it, though? It's, it's the first one we've actually been able to really do and target the, the whole goal of Pillars, which is to Absolutely. transfer the opportunity to someone else. So let's bring yeah. everyone in. Let's do it. And there's Yay. David. Hi, Greetings, all. Earthling. Hello. Hello. I'm from the... Are we going to do a quick segment on weather? Well, oh, sure. This is okay. Pillars of Franchising, is it not? Of course there must be a quick segment. Pillars <laughs> well, of weather. I'm, I'm sitting uh, in New Stanton, Pennsylvania. It's about 45 minutes southwest, southeast. And the, right now it's about 82 degrees. Last night it got down to 47. Ooh. So interesting weather here. But uh, we're hit, I'm heading back. Uh, to um, home base in Aurora, Illinois, tomorrow morning, and I, uh, I'll arrive there probably Saturday about midday. Oh, get ready, Sarah. He's coming. Which <laughs> takes us to Sarah. Who are you? Where are you? And what's the weather like? Hi. So, Sarah, um, I'm Ray's daughter-in-law. We're sorry. It is. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, I'm lucky. He's a good one. Um, so it is hot here. It's hot every day, all day, like 90. <laughs> not humid, though. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So it's not Ray weather, 50 below. Never mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. That takes us to Jerry and his friendly yes, guest we're... today. Who are you? Yes, my daughter, Sam. My daughter Sam's sitting with me. We're in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, in one of our salons, and it is, uh, I don't know, 91, 92 degrees. It's sunny and hotter than heck. Um, I'm ready to go somewhere cool, Ray. I agree with you. <laughs> Can so, you two guys uh, do something about my balding spot? Never mind. No. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple ideas for you, friend. You won't like either one of them. Yeah, well, that's why I wear a hat on the show, you know. <laughs> That's funny. Sam? Wait, no, we haven't heard. Sam hasn't said anything yet. She's got to say something. You don't get to talk all over her, dude. (laughs) Did did, did we mention to everybody what what the title of the show is? Don't worry about that. People saw it in the scrolly thing. So let Sam talk. God, two of two fathers. Go ahead, Sam. You guys are funny. Well, I was going to say uh, dad. I call him dad all the time, even in business. But dad reference that we're sitting in one of our salons. And so, Kristen, that takes us back to one of the things we were talking about. Unfortunately, this is one of our salons that 
labor issues are keeping us from mm -hmm. being open. So we uh, thought we'd use it as an opportunity to hang out and talk to everybody about all the lovely things with the business world. Awesome. I'm so glad to have you guys here. And it's, it's great that you can use that as your private studio today, but not great because of why you get to use it. So I appreciate that. David, where are you these days? I'm in uh, just outside Cleveland, as always now, and uh, 81 beautiful, sunny degrees. It's absolutely a picture-perfect day today. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. And as I said, uh, I am down in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It is 84 degrees today. Uh, in the sun, it feels like it's about 104. Very humid. It'll get down to 54 tonight, and I happen to actually really love the heat, so this is perfect for me. And today's show is called Boomers to Millennials. The Family Legacy, Why Franchising is a Family Business. And as we talked about before, transferring the opportunity is one of the pillars of franchising. And so this show is all about just that. And as most of you have probably heard and are, oh, look at Ray's little, little people, his grandchildren. Not Ray, I'm sorry, Fred. That's, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, those are Fred. Those are Fred. Fred's yep. face is not on my screen, so I can't. You. I can only see Ray next to them. Sorry about that. Um, but we have Ray and Sarah with Molly Maid, and we have Jerry and um, Sam with Great Clips today. So we're going to talk to them about um, kind of the planning and the process in which, as the boomer generation begins to move along, how the millennials step, step in and begin to take over the business as um, the parents kind of planned when they originally, or maybe they didn't plan when they originally bought their business. So why don't we go ahead and start talking about that? David, you want to get us started? Sure. Um, so this is really interesting to me because you have two different types of businesses um, and, and, you, and you pass them on. Our business, our, our kids had absolutely no interest in them whatsoever right from the beginning, and they went and did their own thing. So my question is, I guess to either one of the, the daughters, daughter-in-law is, is when did you realize this was something that you wanted to do? Jump on that one really quick. I was in college, newly off to college, actually, when my parents got involved in Great Clips. And I had no idea. I mean, I, I knew they were in Great Clips, but I didn't have any, I wasn't planning to get in the business or any of those kinds of things. Um, once I finished college, I started in my field for a while, which uh, I have a degree in forensic psychology. So I worked in a jail for a while. I worked with juvenile delinquents for a while. I did lots of things in my field. But one of the things that I never really had the opportunity to do in my field was use a lot of my people skills, my presentation skills, my um, connecting with the people around me skills. I mean, in a way, right? But but very different where you don't have lasting connections. And so I was at a crossroads with my job at the time and Great Clips was getting ready to grow. They were getting ready to uh, potentially purchase some salons and build some salons. And we had some conversations and one of the conversations was actually, you know, we aren't in a position right now where we can have you come on full time, which was an interesting conversation to be a part of, right? Because I was thinking, what does that mean, right? What do you mean there's not a place for me? And so uh, I did come on part-time and I was doing marketing and advertising and being our mascot at all the events, which was so fun. Um, I did that for about six months because I really had to earn my spot 
and I had to wait. I had to wait for the opportunity to get into the business. And I think one of the concerns, and maybe I shouldn't speak for you, but I will. I think one of the concerns for my parents was they didn't want to bring me on in the business where they couldn't afford from the business perspective to pay me a wage that I needed to be able to survive in my, you know, newly out of college almost type life. So um, I think that was something that was really interesting that a lot of people don't, they're not aware that that's a process that you go through where you really have to, sometimes the timing is key. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that both, both of our kids worked in, uh, and worked in the restaurants, um, but they had different career paths. They, they wanted to do different things. So that was, but it was the same thing. They were paid the same as anybody else would have been paid, and we didn't bring them on, and we couldn't have brought them on if we didn't have a spot for them. So, so that that's interesting. Everybody thinks you know it, you get special treatment, and in my world, nobody that I haven't seen that. So you just described the same thing. So, what about you, Sarah? So I was trying to think back to when I first thought about it. I think I met Martha, my mother-in-law, twice. And she's like, I love you. Come work for us. <laughs> I'm like, well, I've only known your son for a few months. Let's hold off. Um, yeah, and I think I was, we were living with her for a few months between, like, we were looking for a house to buy. Um, and she's like, yeah, really, come work for us. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm not working for my in-laws. And I'm like, what if it's awful? Like, I could see them every day. I'm like, what if we don't get along? And I have to see them afterwards. Like, that'd be scary. Um, yeah, so then pregnant with the second baby, and he's like, you can kind of work from home a bit. Um, so that was really appealing. So I did it just because why not? Let's try it. And I'm like, I'll give you, like, two weeks. If it's awful, I'm not doing it. But I really like them a lot more than I like my husband, I think, now. <laughs> like, I get along really well with Kyle. I get along with Ray, I think. Um, yeah, and I'm always doing jobs that involve, like, people pleasing, people happy. I did nannying for a while. I looked, I worked at a like receptionist for insurance. So I was always customer service. So that fits me pretty well. I have like a customer service personality. Yeah. Um, but I, I like working with them. I like talking to my brother-in-law every day. He's one of my favorite people now. So yeah, that's kind of how it happened, I think. Well, just so everybody knows, my son Kyle works in the business. So, uh, and then uh, Sarah came on board and uh, I, I, I think it takes a special person to work with family. So we have a dual relationship, you know, a family relationship and a business relationship. And we try to separate that, at, you know, as much as possible. And, uh, you know, Sarah came on board and we, we set some ground rules right from the beginning. Um, and uh, it's working, you know, and, and I feel very blessed that it's working to be able to work with my son and my, essentially working through my daughter-in-law with my other son. You know, this is, you know, I feel extremely blessed to be able to trust the business in, in, in their hands. And, um, you know, Sarah is now, you know, director of uh, uh, sales and customer relations, you know, so, and wow, she's just doing an excellent job. She, she, she really, really, she knocks it out of the ballpark to put mm-hmm. it in your vernacular, Kristen. 
thank you for that. That's a perfect deal. I don't know. Your voice sounding really mushy there. I'm 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 not sure how to deal <laughs> with it. It's Ray. It's Ray. Come on. Mm-hmm. But he's being mushy. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> true. We need to go and pay the bills right now. And when we come back, I want to know what both of you ladies think in terms of the vision that your dad and your father-in-law have and where you see that vision in the future. Do you see it kind of following the same trajectory or do you both kind of have your own vision of what you'd like to do, say, in the next five to ten years? Okay, Fred, you ready to take us to commercial? Hey, franchise owners. How's your local marketing Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. And we're back. Okay, so the question to think about was, is your vision, is the vision that Jerry and Ray have, is that kind of the same vision for you, Sam, and you, Sarah, in the next five to ten years? Or do you, do you think you have a little bit different vision? Obviously, first, you have two things, right? You're a different generation, and you're both female. So I'm always really interested to see and not that you're, you know, telling them that their ideas and their visions aren't good, but we all know that ladies and men are a little bit different. So I'm curious to hear what you think. Let's go, go ahead, with. Sarah. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so I'm not really sure what Ray's vision is. <laughs> what is your vision, Ray? <laughs> uh, well, I'm living it. So, uh, you know, I. Oh, to drive around, huh? Yeah, Don't um, ask him questions like that. He'll just start talking. We want to hear from you, not him. We hear from yeah. him every well, week. Yeah, I mean, my vision is I want to be the boss of whatever I'm doing. So, um, but I think Kyle's the boss. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I like, I like the where it's going. I like what we're doing. Um, I always tell the girls I just want to get them as much money as possible. So whatever that takes, um, making sure the customers appreciate them and understand that it's hard work um, mm-hmm. and taking care of the employees is probably my main thing. I'm always like, let's charge more. Let's charge more. This isn't, this isn't enough. Let's, let's charge them more. Um, so that's kind of where I am at. Um, but overall, I like, I like that. I like working with my brother-in-law. Um, but yeah, I always tell Ray just to get out of my office. Like, whenever it's your time, just move on up. All right, we can okay. make that happen more for you. Don't worry about it. We're trying, really. He just doesn't listen to us. <laughs> I just want to uh, interject a little bit. So Sarah and, and Kyle are, are not at that point where they're looking at the end end in mind. Right. But 
I, I think we're in the process of, of uh, eventually getting to that point where they need to start thinking about what the what their exit strategy is, what 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 is their end in mind. So we haven't even discussed that yet, but like I say, we're not at that point. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sam, how about you? Where do you see your business going in the next five to ten years? Let's let's just say you know, even if Jerry you know, let's say in five years, he decides pseudo-retire as he, you know, thinks he's going to pseudo-retire. And we know that he's never going to retire, right? He's just not going to. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, I think one of the biggest things for us, so my sister is actually in the business with me as well, and her husband has joined the business now as well. So we, the three of us really, uh, when COVID hit, we really completely took over the day-to-day -day operations, honestly, simply because we shipped him off so he could be safe while everybody was figuring out what was going on with the virus. He went to the lake house for 16 weeks and we sat around the conference, conference table trying to figure out how do we come back from this? How do we survive? How do we continue on? Yeah. And so for us, um, I think my sister and I, we want to continue to provide opportunities for our staff. So I think Sarah was mentioning, I, I'm in it for the staff. I do it for the staff. For me, that's really important as well. And, we have a lot of staff that I think are excited to have new opportunities. One thing that comes with wanting to continue to provide new opportunities is the need to continue to grow. Similar to when I got in the business, uh, they couldn't have me full-time when they were the size that they were. They needed to grow so I could be full-time. That's how I think my sister and I continue to envision this business is, you know, we have to continue to look for opportunities to grow, whether that is individual units or adding units. Um, we need to keep growing so we can provide those future opportunities. You know, Kristen, it's interesting you mentioned being a different generation. That has been really interesting in our, I guess, past uh, as we've been journey, as we've been going through all of this, because there have been quite a few things that um, as a next generation family business, uh, you know, my sister and I will say, yeah, we know we've tried that before, but let's do it again, but this time our way, right? And so right. that has been really interesting where, you know, I love that you said you're not saying their ideas are bad. You're just saying, like, let's do something different or let's do it a different way. And that sure. has been really important to us, and they've really given us the flexibility to be able to do that. So, you know, things are going to Google now, and we're doing things a lot more electronically. I would yep. say the biggest pain point, though, that we have seen is as you grow in a business, you are more removed from the day-to-day frontline operation, and so that mm -hmm. has been different because when our parents were running it as our parents um, and they didn't have us, you know, they were a few units, they were in the salons all the time, and they were connecting with all of the people, and now, you know, we can't be there all the time. We can't be there every week. We can't even sometimes be there every month. And so we have to find other ways to connect. And doing that electronically has been a challenge, but it's been right. really exciting. And we've seen a lot of really great benefits through doing that that we wouldn't have foreseen. Um, COVID forced our hands, but we've been able to yep. really start using some of those things to our to our benefit. I think that's great. And I, you know what? I really like the way that, um, that you talked about that. And I know that I've seen it even you know, since Ray and I started our business. So I, Ray was already in his business when I started. And I remember one of the things that our co-op was doing is everybody was still pushing yellow pages, right? And I came in thinking, what the heck? I use those as doorstop. Why are we spending money on these yellow pages? Are you serious? Like, and, and, but it was just a transition 
from, you know, I was the young kid coming in and everybody else had mature businesses. And I just didn't know why anybody would ever pay for Yellow Pages, right? And so it's, it's just this transition. And I certainly felt it, um, you know, when I joined the business and now I'm not the youngest anymore, so I can't say that, but um, it certainly has been a, a lot of fun. And so I, I can't quite imagine working like you all do with your dad or your father-in-law with my dad because we both have really strong personalities. So um, I'm kind of curious how you, <laughs> exactly, Jerry, I'm kind of curious as to how you overcome some of those um, personality conflicts. Yeah, you know, I would say something that's really important benefits, being in a family business has a lot of benefits and it has a lot of challenges. Uh, and so we have a great opportunity in Great Clips to connect with other next-gen Great Clips franchisees. We actually have a program that has been built in the corporate system, but then we leave it to the millennials. We've branched off and done our own thing. Um, but, but I think that one of the biggest things, at least for us, is having a community of other people that have been there and done that and gone through those things because being in a family business is very different than working with people that didn't know you when you were a sassy 14 year old, you know, uh, you know, working with people that um, they just know you as who you are at the time and they haven't gone through challenges or, um, you know, tragedies or celebrate. I mean, any of the things that you've gone through together that helped shape the relationship. And so right. when you go into a business that's not in your family, you get to really become whoever you are at that time for those people and they don't have all that extra behind the scenes so you know we definitely have our times where we have um struggles you know where at least one side or the other assumes that the other is thinking this thing or saying this thing or meaning it that way and i also uh -huh. think that we probably all act a little bit loosely sometimes because i you know like he's my boss and also he's my dad. And so every once in a while we can get a little sassy and uh, uh -huh. sometimes we have to work through some of that stuff too. So it definitely has its own challenges, but I think that the benefits far outweigh that. And I think um, our differences and similarities absolutely bring us together and they also cause um, some friction sometimes. So we get through it. Awesome. Without, awesome. without, I, I'm a question here. Without knowing the business real well, Great Clips business and and even the Molly Maid's business, how are the roles defined during this transition? I mean, is, is there clearly set roles so you're not stepping on each other's toes? I'll take that. Um, <laughs> we ran into a time we were growing so fast and the kids were taking over responsibilities. And uh, Mickey and I, my wife and I, were struggling a little bit with giving up some things and having comfort and confidence that the kids would handle it the way they needed to be handled, <laughs> not necessarily our way, just that they would handle it the way it needed to be handled. And uh, it caused an additional amount of friction for a while. We finally had to have a family meeting and draw very clear lines with job titles uh, surrounding each one of those. And we, we literally looked at the needs of the organization and then we looked at the skills of the individuals and the, uh, the loves, the, the things people like to do, and tried to merge those things to create some guidelines. And then, um, and then we came to a very clear uh, decision that everybody signed off on that we wouldn't cross those lines. You know, even though, you know, my wife and I are ultimately responsible for this business, Sam's got responsibilities, our daughter Shelly, and even my son-in-law Jeff, they have responsibilities. 
And the only way they're going to learn to grow and, and take that on full time if a bus hits me is if we let them do it. And if they, you know, if they make a mistake, we correct it. It's not going to be life-threatening and we'll work through it. But the bottom line is we had to do that. And anytime somebody crosses one of those barriers, it causes friction. We've got to reset and get everybody back where they need to be. But what we found, that was probably two years ago we went through that. What we found is there are few times now when people cross barriers. Almost everybody is staying within their guidelines, and we just don't have any of that friction we used to have. So, David, you're right. We had to have very clear expectations. We had to design the system around, you know, what was necessary. And then everybody had to agree to live with it. And since we have, our organizations got stronger. The kids have had the freedom to grow into who they need to be to take the business to the next level because we'd like to see it into a third generation, their kids. The only way we get that there is if they've learned enough from us and uh, tailored that with their own skills and, and, and mindset to get to that next level. So it's gradually becoming their business, not our business. Just send me a check. Well, I want to jump on that for one second here. I think one of the things that makes us really strong is that each of the four of us as the family members, but five with, with my brother-in-law, each of us has a little different perspective on the business. And so one of the things that we have to do is understand when we maybe step, at least touch the line, uh, we, we have to understand that um, each side is coming at it from a different perspective. And so that makes us really strong and that makes it something we have to work through. So my sister and I, for instance, I'm operations. And so I'm, I'm always looking at things like for the staff, for the staff, for the staff, right? Like we have to make this better for the staff. And my sister's like, yeah, but the bank account, you know, like we have to think about that. And so, you know, it, it really creates this situation where we do have to understand that although we feel really strongly about something in our own department, that's what I always call it, is we departmentalize. In our own department, we do still have some times where we have to involve other departments and just understand nobody's squashing what we're doing. They're just trying to say, like, we also have to consider this side. Sarah's nodding her head. I think she uh, she's on board with you. I was just going to say, Sarah. I know already. Sarah already mentioned her 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 um, line of duty. But go ahead, go ahead, Sarah. How 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 has it been separated for you? I mean, is it clearly defined? Um. Oh yeah, that's um, our answering service calling me right now. Um. Can you guys still see me? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Um. They call me when no one answers the phone at the office. So, um, yeah, I think I have a very strong personality. Um, I think they put up with me sometimes. <laughs> but um, I feel like, yeah, that's me. I'm the one that's like staff, staff, staff. And Kyle's like money, money, money. Um, so there's always that. So we have conversations all the time, like what can we do that, you know, makes sense, but it also makes me happy. Um, so that that happens all the time. Um, so do you, yeah. both of you have mentioned money. So this is, I guess, more for Ray and, and Jerry. I mean, do you, are they involved in the financial state, the P&Ls? Do, do you review those at a quarterly basis, yearly? I mean, do they have, are they privy to that financial information? Are they equity partners? Ray, go ahead. Okay. Um, one of the things uh, that Kyle and I do uh, every Wednesday is the payroll. He does the payroll, actually. I go over it. I check to make sure. We have a kind of a complicated payroll because we have a lot of benefits that we pay pay out to the employees. And uh, so I go over it 
and make sure everything is correct. And what that does is it allows me to have my input into it. So I can say, well, why did this person get, you know, this much when it should have been that much? And uh, he says, okay, well, she did this or this, and therefore she, you know, she got this bonus. I say, okay. So, we, you know, and then I look at the bottom line uh, from the standpoint of, do we have enough money to make the payroll every week? And, uh, you know, so my input is kind of limited, but my management style, and I'm going to go back a little bit. Uh, we recently made some changes to payroll and I look at consensus. So we have several managers besides, besides Sarah and uh, they said, well, we needed to make a change in, in how much we're charging. And I said, okay, what do you think it should be? And everybody had their input at our, uh, at our meeting. And uh, basically, you know, we all at the same time basically agreed what it should be. But if, if it was uh, something that I felt would be detrimental to the business, then I, I would say, no, we shouldn't do that. We should probably take a, a lesser increase in, 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 in that area. So, we, it's sort of a consensus. We have uh, a lot of fantastic people in our office, you know, not just Sarah, but Mary and, and uh, uh, Sarah. Maribel, <laughs> Melissa. Yeah. They're all great. Yeah. So when we have our meetings, we really talk it out. It, it's not, it's not just me. I, I, I'm not the type of person that, that says, Oh, it, it's this way or the highway. <laughs> And uh, I, I think that is the, uh, is one of the reasons we have a successful business is we're able to talk it out. And uh, our employees have stuck with us. Um, uh, and let's see, who's been with us the longest? <laughs> it's, it's at least 16 years now. Uh, yeah, Jeanette's been with us. Jeanette, right. yeah. Yeah, she's been with us uh, uh, 16 years. So, and, uh, and we have a lot of employees who are in that range uh, of the teens being being with us. And that's allowed us, last week we had uh, a record for this year. Um, and so <laughs> we're, 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 we're I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of my, all of my employees. I, we don't really use employees much as, as, as we use the term family, because that's what they are. Yeah, David, that's a great David, that's a great question. Um, we're set up slightly, we're very similar to what Ray talked about. We're set up a little different though in that uh, Shelly and my wife, so Mickey used to do all of the back office stuff and Shelly came in, learned it, and now Mickey is the backup to Shelly and gradually distancing herself from that because Shelly has an assistant and she handles virtually everything. So Shelly and Mickey in particular deal with the P&Ls. I get to see them monthly and uh, we take a look at where we're at on that and we you know of course adjust as necessary uh sam has budgets she deals with she's in charge of marketing and uh, excuse me you know she's in charge of training and recruiting and those kinds of things which have costs that go with them so she's got some budgets she deals with there and then uh, if she runs into another platform she wants to use it's going to take her above and she talks to shelly about you know do we have additional funds that we can put into that um, so we keep it pretty streamlined. Again, stay within their zones. Don't cross the barriers. Uh, Sam's got enough on her plate without even worrying about P&Ls at this point in time, just trying to find people to work. So um, we keep it very segmented. We have a monthly family meeting. 
with uh, all five of us around a table, and uh, each of us has a report on the segment that we're responsible for, and if there's any, you know, changes to the P&L, if there's any financial stresses, if uh, we want to go a different direction with something, that's something just like Ray talked about, that's something we talk about as a family, and uh, come to a conclusion. Generally, it's more of a vote type thing from time to time. The votes get split, and I have to talk, uh, walk in and make a decision, but we try and keep it very, very top level and very friendly. Um, and David, to the rest of your question, um, the girls were not equity partners for probably the first uh, three to five years they were involved. Uh, we got we had a large acquisition a couple of years ago, which allowed us to uh, make them actually majority partners in that acquisition by itself. And uh, now we're doing another acquisition, which is leading to a reformatting of our whole organization. So they're going to end up being, uh, instead of majority partners in a small organization, they're going to end up being minority partners in a much larger organization. So, and, you know, we're, we use our financial advisors. Uh, our attorneys and accountants love us. They make a lot of money off of us. With an organization <laughs> our size. But, um, I mean, we're, we're using the tax code to our benefit to make sure that, you know, we manage our not only current taxes, but also uh, our long-term taxes and the evolution of the kids taking it over to avoid taxation upon our death or whatever the case might be. So uh, there are equity partners now. They'll continue to gain equity every year, partially as a, you know, wealth management strategy, but also to reward them. And uh, it's just going to continue to grow. Now, I'll tell you, honestly, they are basically running the company now. We have oversight, but um, we do our best to stay out of it. They're doing maybe a better job in some cases than we did. So we're, we're saying stay between the rails. Don't go off the playing field. As long as you do, we're good. Jerry, you nailed the next question, my follow-up question. We're going to talk about You have to wait. You have to wait. You have to pay the bills. Ah. Hold that thought, David. I will. It's always a good We'll let David ask his question when we come right back. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Woman will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are The Franchise Woman. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. And we're back. All right, David, what's your million-dollar question? So so you... you, uh, Jerry, you touched on really what I, you know, the gist of this show is really the transitioning of ownership. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, you're going through, which is, which is going to be a be- great benefit to our listeners when, when you kind of expound on what you just talked about. And that's the tax consequences of handing off a business, no matter what size it is. And yep. obviously we're going through a transition now with what capital gains are and those types of things. And you said you'd spend a lot of money with, your accountants and lawyers, and we've talked about that in the past, that that's money well spent. So my question to you is at this point in time, 
you, I'm assuming you and your wife are still the majority, right? Correct. And, and as that goes on, how are they gaining, how, how do you see them gaining equity? Is it, is it in the form of, of gifting over years? Is it going to be in the form of a cash infusion? How, how, how is that? I'm sure, sure you, as, as you mentioned, you've stepped, you've already stepped it out a little bit, but I'm sure it's not completely full, but, but how, what's, what's the thought process behind it? Yeah. So we spent probably two or three years, David, leading up to this with the intention of doing it, but wanting to learn more about it. Uh, Great Cliffs has a relationship with a, an amazing attorney who, uh, you know, specializes in transition for businesses. And we spent a little bit of time with her, and then she spent time with our local attorney to make sure that they were prepared to help us moving forward. Um, so first off, we put it to trust so that it could be managed and controlled uh, at their advice. I mean, everybody that's listening might talk to their attorney and accountant and come up with a different strategy, but this is ours. And so we put it into a trust to manage it and control it. And then uh, they continue to earn their keep because I'm an old farm boy from Iowa. They get nothing for free. My kids work harder than most of my employees do and sometimes make less money than some of my employees do. But uh, I wanted some skin in the game. I wanted them to earn their way, and, and they have. So then, uh, in essence, they got, when we had the other acquisition, uh, we, uh, we can do X number of dollars per year and a gift to them uh, tax-free. So that's how the whole thing started. And, and our, we, our tax attorney keeps us apprised of where we're at. And we continue to do, in general, the maximum of that every year to start to continue that transition. We keep, there's a, there's a strategy where we, as the founders, I guess is the best way to put it, can keep total um, control over it, even if we end up not being majority partners. So we have, we've followed that strategy and uh, even it's all our money in it. It's not their money at this point in time. So right now the plan is to continue to uh, give them as much every year as we can legally and as the business will afford us to do. And uh, at some point in time, they'll end up owning the whole thing and send me a big check every every month. And that's, uh, you know, when they're running the company and it's 100% on them, that's the way it ought to be. I, I shouldn't be uh, sticking my nose into it. I should be trusting them to do it. And, uh, you know, we got into it originally to help people and to have some retirement income. So as long as we can continue to do that from wherever we're at in the world, I want to be, you know, Ray and be traveling all over the place. But uh, that's our transition. That's our strategy. It's working phenomenal. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't just continue to move that way. It's yeah. so, funny. I want you to be traveling, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is fair warning. Fair warning. Voice from above. As you guys get rid of them, both this is to Sarah and Sam, as you get rid of them, then you have to be on the show regularly, just, just as a fair warning. So <laughs> as we, we can get rid of the old coots, you still got to put up with me. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the behind-the-scenes coots. I'm, I'm going to interject here because I think we, uh, since we went from one end of the spectrum, let's go to the other. And I think the best part about having a business and being able to transfer it over is the uh, other end of the spectrum or, the, or my grandkids. Uh, Sarah, do you have a, uh, any pictures handy or are they available for, uh, for viewing by any chance? <laughs> because right now we have three. And uh, I think we need to start thinking from the perspective of uh, uh, passing that uh, business on to them 
So mm-hmm. I, I realize that this is, you know, something that I, I just mentioned to Sarah because uh, we, we, we talked about, you know, where do we go next? And, right. And, and that is where we're going. And, of course, Kristen is just beginning to have those thoughts. And yeah. uh, I, I do have to say that it, it, everything seemed to happen and, and from my perspective, uh, uh, not automatically, but it, with God's will. And because uh, I never, I never thought about too much about you know what's going to happen, except that I needed to do it. But, right. Uh, you know, uh, I, in other words, I didn't say to Kyle, Kyle, you have to take over the business, and I didn't say to Sarah, Sarah, I want you on board. You have to be on board. These are all things that they wanted to do. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's the, the reason I feel blessed. Yeah, I think it's really important. You know, if I listen to, to both of you guys and obviously um, you're right, Ray. You know, I have my oldest is um, 16. She just got her first job. And so I made the assumption and said, well, you're going to work at the Molly office, right, for the summer. And she's like, <laughs> Mom, really? Like, I want to go out and work with people, like, in public. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're asking for, because if you want to deal with the public, all you got to do is answer the phone. And the best part about that is, you know, if they're rude to you, you can, like, transfer them to me or a manager or something, right? And she's like, no, that's not what I want. I want to, like, be out there. And my girlfriend said, you know what it is? She really just doesn't want to work with her mom. And I'm like, oh, you're right. And and so then I started thinking, well, what if my kids really don't want to do that, right? And and my dad is very much like yours, Sam. My dad is like, from the Midwest, nothing's for free. You're going to work for it, right? And he's a planner. And he's a, you have everything in a trust. Everything is earned, right? And so, and, and when it came time to have those hard conversations about what happens when the time comes and I said to my dad, listen, don't worry about me. Don't worry about my brother. We're adults, right? Like we can send for ourselves. Leave it for the grandkids because now that my brother and I are adults, we shouldn't need anything, right? But to Ray's point, think about the little ones because let them get a head start. Maybe they need a house. Maybe they need college money. I don't know that I'll have college money for three kids by the time my 13-year-old is you know, done with high school. Who knows, right? And so I think it's very interesting to listen to the two of you talk as I'm going into those stages, you know, again, with a 16-year-old who wants nothing to do with my business at this point. Um, My middle son, who I'm just teaching how to fix vacuums in hopes that he'll (laughs) want to do something beyond that. And a 13-year-old who just thinks money grows on trees. (laughs) So you really kind of run the gamut. And I think every family is different. You know, like David, you had kids who didn't want anything to do with it and maybe because they saw how hard you and Lynn work right yeah. nights weekends holidays and they're like no thanks so to, to, to kind of play into what David's uh, situation is my dad had saloons and restaurants and I didn't want to get in anywhere near those because the worst part of my my job working for my dad was cleaning out the beer coolers you know so i no way i stayed away from restaurants and and saloons yep yep so 
can I jump on that just for a second? Because I have young kids. So I have a seven-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old. And for me, you know, being raised by a farmer and work hard and blood, sweat, and tears and all of that, you know, for me, that's all that I know. I, that's all I've ever known. I mean, both of my parents had multiple jobs. They were always getting into other things. My sister and I were cereal and pizza because they would be off doing other things for dinner, you know, and they would come home, obviously. But you know, we, we would have a time after school where we were having to spend for ourselves. And so for me, I only know hard work and, and unfortunately or fortunately, workaholic. Yeah. <laughs> right? that's, that's a good thing today because there are a lot of kids today who don't know that. They don't get yeah. that, right? Well, and so for me, though, with, with kids, young kids, I've been sometimes, because sometimes I have to travel to our salons that are further away and such, and so I've been having to, uh, two years ago or so, I had a, an epiphany, I guess, and so I started explaining it different to my kids, um, because, you know, they would be sad that mom was going to leave for a while and so on, and so I would talk to them about how being in the business that I'm in, I get to go and help people. So I get to go and help the people that are working for me, and so it started to be this shift in conversation with them to say, you know, hey, mom's got to go work. And the reason that we work is because we want to help the people around us and so on. And just last weekend, my, my seven-year-old came with me to a salon after hours because we had stuff to do. And, you know, she was up on a ladder and getting stuff off the shelves and just giving her little things, but, but trying to teach that work ethic because you're exactly right. Right now, there isn't a lot of it out there. <laughs> so, no. no, but I think, you know, and I, boy, you hit on something really great because while our kids did not want to um, work in that business or own that business, I should say, because they both worked in it, mm-hmm. um, they saw what we did. They 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 have a work ethic instilled in them. Um, yep. Often, they have an entrepreneur and ownership mentality in in the positions that they have now with their with the companies they work, and yep. and they've seen the hard work that goes into it. So they're very respectful of the people who they work for because mm-hmm. they know they're they own a business. So that's right. So you know, there's a lot to be said when when you're when your kids are seeing the, the hard work, the hours, the long hours, the struggles, the success of the ups and downs, um, believe me, it, no matter what age you're at, they, they notice it and, it's, and it's, it's in them. And that's the one thing I was, I'm really proud of with ours is, is we've never really had to instill it in them. They observed it. They became it. They, they're, they're it. And they, they put forth that honest effort for somebody else. And, that, that, and I'm fine with that right now. Now, they yeah. both have designs on owning their own business at some point in time. Just not yet. Yeah. When I'm out of town, either her daughters or Shelly's daughters take over my office and my desk. So I think that's a hint. They're ready to move me out to the pasture and they'll take my place. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. As As we begin to wrap up the show, I'd like to know if there's a bit of advice that you all would like to share with our listeners who are either about to kind of start the journey with the end in mind or, or, or have a business nurse or thinking about this transition, what, what bit of advice would you share with them? Ray, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I, I think that's pretty easy. Uh, I'm always on the lookout for people, uh, for things. I don't know how to say this for skills that people have. And sometimes they don't even know they have. And I try to uh, pull them out and uh, cultivate them, to put it in, in Jerry's vernacular, <laughs> uh, so that, so that uh, you know, I, 
know a lot of a lot of the employees we have they did they, they're doing things they never dreamed that that they were uh capable of doing before because basically i said hey you know you're really good at and and let them have at it and and i think that's important um to be able to recognize these skills that people have i think that's a really good point especially and sometimes when we're talking about legacy, right? Sometimes I think it's hard to recognize that in our own families because sometimes it's just too close, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've got that with my own kids and a lot of you out there probably have it with yours that those skill sets are too close or or maybe we see something that isn't really there. So, you know, maybe it's as simple as, as looking at some of the comments their teachers, the professors make and some comments are, things that, you know, friends and other family members make to, to really understand what some of the characteristics are that, that your kids have um, to help them along the way. So wh- what about, what about you guys, Jerry? What do, what do you, what do you, uh, in Sam? Well, advice that I would give is uh, first off, if you own your own business, you owe it to your employees to start planning early for a transition because it's going to happen. We're, we only have so many days on this earth. And you don't know, unfortunately, last year should have proved it to everybody. You just don't know how yeah. many days you've got. So yeah. the fact is, if you own a business, you owe it to the business, the customers, and the employees to plan for some sort of transition. Another okay. piece of advice is trust your experts. Find great advisors, accountants, and attorneys, and so on, and trust them to help you through this process. It's not a secret. It's not magic. Just make it happen. And then um, I, I would also add that your next generation may not be blood to you. Just Good as point. Ray mentioned, you may have people within your organization that have the potential and the work ethic and the skill sets and the love of the business. And you, to, as David, you know, his children went on to other careers. We've seen that in our, uh, our friends that are franchisees. They have uh, kids that grew up in the business and hate it and want to do something else. So maybe you've got somebody working for you that could be your, your exit strategy, but start planning for that early. I mean, I'll tell you a couple of quick horror stories, and then I'll let you go on. But we've had friends in the business as franchisees who unexpectedly passed away and didn't even have a second person on the checking account. Oh, my. So payroll couldn't be met, bills couldn't be paid, and things like that. And there, was, there were more extenuating circumstances, uh, including uh, an internal battle between uh, siblings as to who was going to take it over. And in this case, corporate had to actually step in and run them for a while and kind of moderate that whole discussion and try and figure out how it was going to be worked out. It turned into about a five-year miserable journey for everybody involved, and it was totally, totally unnecessary. Yeah. With a yeah. couple thousand bucks and a little forewarning or foreplanning, that could have been completely avoided, and I probably get two or three more stories similar to it, but I won't, I won't belabor the point, but you get it. The fact yeah. is, this is not rocket science. It's a fairly easy thing to do. If you really do love your business, love your employees, love your clients, you need to start planning ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a great, great piece of advice. I'd like to, um, Fred would like to take us down to the dark side. Oh, my gosh, now. Fred. But, but before we go there, you know, I really want to thank you, you both all for sharing your stories with us because I really think it's important. And, and you know, I always learn from, from both of you, you know, because you've been in this business much longer. And, and Jerry, particularly, I, it's interesting to listen to how you set 
things up with your kids because you're so consistent from the way you talk about mentoring people to the way you talk about setting things up with your family. It's like, oh my gosh, you're, you're from mentoring others to mentoring your family to setting things up. I mean, everything is so consistent. It's, it's like, that's just who you are. There's no changes from one to another. And so I just think that's fabulous. And, and Sarah, I think it's great that you've been able to work with, we always call them the in-laws and the outlaws. And, uh, you know, working with your brother-in-law, your father-in-law, it's like, holy cow. Um, so hats off to you too. And thank you for sharing your stories with us because I know um, not every day is easy working with family. So thank you. so much. Fred, what do you got for us today? Tell me, tell me. So I've been contemplating this and, you know, somehow the matrix, well, with Ray and and Jerry, yeah, matrix questions just don't work. And, and we've done a whole lot of, um, you know, alien stuff. So didn't want to do that. So it, it came to me since we're talking about transferring the opportunity and, and the, the, the first generation transferring out, I decided to go down uh, with the zombie apocalypse. So, assuming, this is to Sarah and Sam, assuming that Ray and Jerry both succumb to the zombie apocalypse because they're older and move slower than you and and everyone knows you only have to run faster than the slowest person to get away from the zombies – how will you ensure customer safety so that your parents don't bite your customers and turn them into zombies? <laughs> oh, my word. How would we ensure customer safety? We would just ship you off. <laughs> you you? Get out of here. Come on. Sarah. I have no idea. <laughs> nope. You are Ray's daughter-in-law. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're the director of customer service. You've got to know. <laughs> it must involve the bus. Lock them in the bus and ship them off somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I like that. We're good with that. I mean, he'd be in heaven, so that's fine. <laughs> you, you, could have your, you could have your husband drive him off in the bus. I mean, he would love that. Yeah. See, Anytime you want to take Kirk on a vacation, that'd be great. Go for it. <laughs> Jerry doesn't have to answer the question because he already took care of the answer. He just made sure the kids weren't involved so he doesn't have to worry about that. But Kristen, assuming it happens soon, uh-huh. how are you going? And, how are you, before the, yeah. And who am I protecting? I mean, my No, they're protecting the, your customers from you, your staff. All they'd have to do is get me to the beach, and I'd never come back. Great. That means they're shipping you out to me. I should have gone before you. That's not right. Yeah, just send me to the boat. You took my beach away from me. I'm going to the beach. Well, David, if you're a zombie, you can be at the beach with me. But literally just plop my toes. What do they say? Toes in the water, ass in the sand. sand, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. You can play some country music. I'm good. I won't go anywhere or bother anyone. Zombie or not? I always love the down the rabbit hole question. Well, folks, thanks for playing. Well, thanks to our guests, Sam and Sarah. 
Ray, Jerry, Kristen, and um, David. It's always been it's always a pleasure learning more on how everyone sees.